You are listening to a Pleasure Podcast. For more from our Sex Podcast Collective, visit PleasurePodcasts.com. Hey friends, welcome to another episode of American Sex, a podcast dedicated to normalizing conversations about pleasure and alternative sexual expression by challenging those puritanical, backward-ass ideals we have here in the United States. This is episode 76 of American Sex Podcast. I'm Sunny Megatron, and my co-host is Ken Melvoinberg, and we're sexuality educators, pleasure advocates, and of course, kinky perverts. So American fuckers, yesterday, February 9th, marked a year and a half that we've been recording American Sex Podcast. Yay, happy half birthday to us. Now, we've had a lot of amazing guests and good times on the show in the last year and a half. In fact, some of our earlier episodes were totally, completely, 100% kick ass. But as we grow, those shows get buried further and further down in our episode catalog. So we thought this week we'd bring back one of our favorites from the early days. On episode nine, we interviewed a man known as Dave Cat. You may have actually seen him on TV shows like My Strange Addiction or the BBC documentary Guys and Dolls. So the reason he was the subject of those shows is Dave Cat's wife is a doll. Now, I don't mean she's a sweetie. She is actually synthetic. They've been together for 17 years, and they also live with their mistress, Elena, and her partner, Miss Winter. And yep, you guessed it, they're dolls too. So Dave Kath considers himself what's called an idolater. When we originally recorded this interview back in the fall of 2017, I was blown away by the layers that we ended up peeling back on the onion that is Dave Cat. You know, what seems like a very strange and unnatural setup on the surface turned out to be very humanly understandable and relatable, at least to me. And I'm betting it will be to you too. Now, towards the end of the interview, we talked about some of the new advances in synthetic partner technology. We're on the verge of manufacturing realistic sex robots that act and feel like human partners more than ever before. Like it is coming. And so will you be if that's your thing. So in fact, just yesterday, there was an article in Fast Company about this new technology and the sexual orientation that's associated with it. It's called digisexuality. It's a relatively new term, and it's for people who are attracted to sex robots. So I'm going to link that article in our show notes at americansexpodcast.com so you can check that out too. Now, for those of you who are keeping up with the Megatron Berg move to Vegas and our whole big saga and want to know what excitement has been going on in our lives this week, well, we're still loving Vegas and still settling in. I'm pretty much now a full-time caretaker for my 91-year-old uncle who now lives with us. And yeah, it's been an adjustment. I'm doing sit and be fit workouts every day with him. And my shoulders are going to be so buff. Not so much my legs, but my shoulders totally. Uh, I'm making meals all the time. I'm doing pretty much all of the personal care stuff for him too. So it's going to be a few more weeks still at least until we work out the kinks and get a solid routine down. So bear with me if you don't see me interacting as much on social media, etc. I promise you I will get my groove going real soon. But 
you know what? We do have some amazing fucking kick-ass news. Hold on to your hats. Wait for this. Okay. So if you're going to be in Austin, Texas next month for South by Southwest, carve out some time on Saturday, March 9th at 5 p.m. to come on down to the podcast stage to be at our live South by Southwest taping. Yes, what? I know. Seriously. Thanks to the awesome team at patreon.com. They work some magic and they're sending us down to South by Southwest. Yes. (laughs) So if you can't be there though, no worries. You're going to be hearing an edited version of that live taped episode on a later date on a regular feed. So our guest for our South by Southwest live broadcast is the one and only canisexual Ashley Manta. She's going to be telling us how to best use pot to increase intimacy and eroticism. And she's also going to be answering questions from the live audience. This is going to be our very first, our inaugural live taping. We've never done this before. And what a better place to pop our live recording cherry than at South by Southwest. We are so damn excited. So speaking of Patreon, uh, you know what time it is. It's big welcome and heartfelt appreciation time to the new members of our Patreon family. I want to give a big welcome and our heartfelt appreciation to the awesome, amazingly wonderful folks that joined our Patreon family this last week. Thank you so much, Heather and Deborah. You know we could not do this podcast without you and your support. So if you're listening and you're like, oh, who's Heather and Deborah? And what the hell is Patreon? What What is that? Hop on over to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash American sex. There you can learn how to become an American sex podcast member. So not only does your membership help support this show, you get lots of awesome perks too, like bonus stories from our guests, extra full length episodes, two new ones just went up last week, by the way. Uh, you get American sex podcast stickers, a personal video greeting, random surprises in the mail, and a whole bunch more. So one last quick thing. You know, we talk a lot about censorship of sex and sex-related things all the time here on American Sex Podcast. And yeah, you know that social media has been cracking down, people like us taking us off all the social media accounts. So if you don't want to lose touch with us, get on our mailing list. If you have a phone handy, just sign up for it right now. Text the word Megatron to the number 444999. That's it. You're in. You can also visit sunnymegatron.com slash newsletter if you want to do it on the web. So as always, if you missed the links that I just gave you and the information I just gave you or anything that we talk about on this podcast, hop on over to our show notes at americansexpodcast.com. And yeah, look at the show notes for episode 76 and you got everything. All right, folks, here is our awesome conversation with Dave Cat and his synthetic women, which it's like a band, Dave Cat and the Synthetic Women. Mm. Okay, you're going to love this. Enjoy. A Scorpio born in 1972, Dave Cat has been tirelessly promoting positive interaction with artificial humans. Specifically, he refers to synthetics, a term which he describes artificial people with either passive bodies such as dolls or ones with active bodies like gynoids and androids. 
Dave has a bit of expertise on the subject as he shares his home with three beguiling life-size dolls. Shidore, pronounce it for me, Dave. Shidore Kuroneko. I wasn't even going to try because it would, be, I would just screw it up. And, and she's listening and I don't want to make her mad. She's shaking All right. her head. <laughs> a real doll made by Abyss Creations would be his not legal, but may as well be wife. And she and Dave Cat have been inseparable since the year 2000, which sounds very few. The year 2000. <laughs> All right. They share a mistress named Elena Vostrakova. Thank you. <laughs> Maybe I should be reading these. I know, right? Wow. <laughs> oh, boy. A silicone woman assembled by the Russian company Anatomical Doll back in 2012, and joining them in 2016 is Miss Winter from the Chinese company Doll Suite. You got that one right, sweetheart. Good oh, job. Be quiet. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> wow. When not going on at length about dolls, or, wait, about doll this or gynoid that, this God damn it. See, I was fine. I was doing fine. It's all your fault, Ken. I, I you you got me all flustered. I resemble that remark. <sighs> it's okay, You're doing great. Doing great. All right. Deep breath. When not going on at length about doll this or gynoid that on his Twitter feed, Dave Cat enjoys Japanese cuisine, playing with destiny. <laughs> I can feel That's... him staring at me. Wow. Whose destiny is this? Is this a fourth partner that we have? <laughs> we do know a doll named Destiny, but uh... Ooh, see, we're having a moment here. All right. Awkward. So Dave Cat enjoys Japanese cuisine, playing Destiny with his mates, sleeping, which I love too, and writing about himself in the third person. That's true. We did it, Dave Cat. It's a long, strange oh. trip, but we finally got there in the end. <laughs> exactly. I cannot tell you how absolutely ridiculously excited I am to talk to you. Seriously. <laughs> Thank you. I have seen you. I want to say I saw you a few years ago on, on some TV show or something. Mm. And and I know when I watch some TV shows with you, they kind of portray you as like, oh, this guy's weird. And I don't think you're weird at all. I was like, this guy's really cool. And one day I want to meet him. And then here we go. Wow. So I'm super duper excited. <laughs> well, well I, we are as well. I mean, it's doing the podcasting is fun, especially when you get people who are like, like-minded and open-minded and really enthusiastic, which you guys are. So yeah. Oh, totally. Totally. <laughs> so, so which of the ladies do you have with you today? Uh, actually sitting right next to me, well, behind me is, uh, my wife, Shidore, or Shichan. She's, uh, got a pair of headphones on, but it doesn't have a mic, so she can't say anything, but she's waving. You can't see her. She's waving. And we're waving too, but you can't see us. So, radio. You know. Radio. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, Shichan is behind me. Uh, Lenka or Elena is actually asleep in bed right now. She's had a hard day of staring into the middle distance. And, uh, I think Miss Winter is actually, uh, playing on her phone. She's either texting someone or looking through her files, which is what she does like 90% of the time. So, you know, it's a status quo here at Deafening Silence Plus. I have an interesting question for you. We were doing quite a bit of research uh, about you and all of the ladies, and I did a like a word search on Google that just said real life doll, and what I got was something I was never expecting. Now, we owned a Leah-type model real life doll uh, for a period of time. We no longer have her, but we did it. it was, her name was Dory Fantacini. Really? Uh, yes. When I was looking at this, so what I wasn't expecting is real life, realistic looking infants. Have you ever thought about 
getting an infant for the ladies. Yeah, well, literally, we thought about it for like maybe two to five minutes. Uh, we actually, <laughs> <laughs> which sounds just like, well, well, there goes that idea. Well, so the thing is, it's like we actually knew. So you so rolled a D4 and added one to it? Yeah, basically. <laughs> rolled a D4, it fell off the table. Um, it's under the fridge, as a matter of fact. <laughs> but uh, it was the sort of thing, we actually knew someone who, it was an acquaintance of ours who actually made reborn dolls. And um, she had offered to make one for myself and Shichan that would look like, you know, what if Shichan and I actually had a biological child? That's amazing. <laughs> we thought it was a really cool idea, but then it came to the conclusion where it's just like, yeah, but where will we put this baby? Where this, I mean, in a drawer? Cause that's where people put babies, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it, I think it would be the sort of thing where it's just like, you know, the the joke, quote-unquote, the narrative, quote-unquote, would go a bit too far if there was a baby. Although it is funny because uh, we actually know an idolater couple on Twitter, and they have – there's like an organic woman, uh, her or, uh, synthetic wife, another synthetic – and no, sorry, two other synthetics and about four or five reborns. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. It's a big family. <laughs> Can't imagine what the stickers on the back of their car look like. <laughs> <laughs> Can't even see anything for the back windscreen. All the baby on board stickers just obscure the vision. You know? <laughs> you know, a lot of people listening right now are probably going, what is happening? <laughs> like, <laughs> and, and, on their minds is probably, all right, here's this like really seemingly nice guy who has, you know, in their mind what they're calling synthetic or fake girlfriends. And what's going on? How did you get here? How did you go from like cute little Dave cat, you know, growing up in Michigan? And now you have like three sin- synthetic women that you live with. And one has been your wife for what? Nearly 20 years. Nearly How do we get here? How do we get here? Well, uh, I've always had a fascination with artifice and a thing fake is something I've always thought was like really cool. Just the idea of like someone being able to create something that looks like something that you'd find in nature where it's like, you know, uh, as a matter of fact, I'm looking at the, uh, the fake bonsai that we've got on our kitchen table. I mean, if you were to come into our place and see that bonsai, and had you not known that it was fake, it would be like, oh, that's quite nice. How often do you water that? Never. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, you know, it's extending the whole artifice thing to, like, actual people, too. It's just, like, I've just been fascinated with, like, humanoid robots since literally, like, grade school, like, second or third grade, where it's just, like, you know, I always mention the anecdote of me, like, imagining my French grade school teacher as being a gynoid, you know, mm-hmm. what would be the, you know, the machinery that would be inside of her, her artificial body to make her move her arms, to make her turn her head, to make her speak, that sort of thing. And, you know, we have something that, like, looks alive and may as well be alive, but is definitely manufactured. I mean, I find that... I mean, it's subversive in a good way. It's it, it brings across a lot of creativity because, I mean, obviously there's a lot of creativity in sculpting and engineering that goes into, you know, things that are artificial and look non-artificial. And, you know, that's a really good way to embrace technology, to appreciate art, and to have something that you may not normally have in, you know, day-to-day existence, you know? This kind of leads me into the next question that I have when we're thinking about aesthetics and the way things in people look. Uh, and one of the first things that I thought about was, did you, I, I know you're a big Anglophile. I know you're a big Japanophile. Um, d- did race come into play when you chose your partners? 
Not really. Not not as such at all. And I'll tell you, I mean, a lot of people do give a lot of the doll companies short shrift because they're like, oh, well, all the dolls are white. And it's just like, well, that's not true. You can get dolls in practically any skin tone, any skin color that you desire. Me, myself, I just, I've always had a thing for like short, pale women, you know, as mm-hmm. long as I can remember. That's always been like my, I don't want to say ideal because that sounds really, you know, exclusive. But I mean, that's that's what I go for. But it sounds like a preference. But you know, like I, I you know, exactly. the way that I see it in my mind is that Shidore is a person of color, uh, in that she's, if I'm if I'm understanding at least correctly, is she half Japanese, half British. That is correct. Yeah. Uh, and is the, and is the British part of her like what what race would that be? Um, uh, Caucasian. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of generic European Caucasian. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you this: when I first came up with the idea of Shidore, um. This would have been like 1999, late 99, early 2000, like, you know, prior to getting her, which would have been July of 2000. Uh, I had, of course, been to like hundreds, well, <laughs> less than hundreds, but a number of sites of people who were taking photos of their dolls and posting them online. And one of them was a Japanese bloke who had a real doll of his own. And at the time, Abyss Creations didn't actually have too many... Asian faces. In fact, the one Asian face they had didn't really look Asian at all. She looked more like Hispanic. Um, so it, this bloke had actually gotten one of the like Caucasian faces, but he was passing her off as Japanese. I'm like, you know what? If he can do it, I can too. So <laughs> there's a few words that we're going to be hearing today, and I was just wondering if you could talk just real briefly about the lexicon here. Uh, words like. Uh, idolater, robosexual, gynoid, android. Basically, a robosexual is a person who is attracted to robots, sexually, romantically, erotically, that sort of thing. They're turned on, wink, wink, by robots. You could say that they're like turned on by any sort of robot, you know, ranging from Roombas, I guess. I don't really? know. Really? I suppose I, it, I, I, I that can't sounds really either know. really arousing or painful. I'm not sure. I've never looked at the underside of a Roomba before. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's in the Venn diagram, right in the middle of that Venn diagram. Yeah, I would guess so. Jeez, I can't even imagine. I'm sure they're out there, but you know, hey. I mean, maybe if the Roomba had boobs. A boobba? A boobba. A titba. I remember seeing once somebody had, like, uh, you know, taken a little, like, um, piece of lace and a little bow and put it on top of their Roomba because it's like, oh, it's, it's our maid, <laughs> you know? It's like, oh, okay, fine, you know? <laughs> but, yeah, basically a robosexual is a person that's attracted to robots. And, you know, when I refer to myself as being a robosexual, I'm only really attracted to humanoid robots that look like organic women. You know, so that's a robosexual. An idolater is a person, it's kind of a vague definition. The way I use idolater is a person that is okay with the idea of life-size dolls, like in general. Uh, they don't have to have a doll themselves. They don't have to be turned down by it. Basically, if you like dolls, if you like the idea of dolls, you're, you're an idolater. That's the way I define that. I wanted to add something on idolater, the spelling, like when somebody first, I think we were interviewing Dick Wound and he used the (laughs) word idolater. Um, I, I thought he meant like somebody who worships idols. Exactly. Because uh, it sounds the same, but this has two L's instead of one. So it's like I, and letter the, I, then the word doll, then Ader. And then it has the little I like a, like iTunes or iPhone. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. See, the thing is, I didn't actually come up with that term. Someone came up with that term probably around 2000, 2001, and I thought it was clever and just ran with it. 
You know, I can't lay claim to that. I was just like, oh, I see, because we worship our doll. I see what you did there, you know, so. Right. <laughs> but the one the one common thread I'm hearing in all of these things, it's the humanoid aspect. You know, a lot of people may have seen there was a documentary like I Married the Eiffel Tower, where people have objectophilia, where they are in love with or have sexual feelings for objects for you. Your wife and your the other women that live with you, they are they are people. Yeah. They're right? Yeah. As far as I'm concerned, they're people. I mean they're different people, which is uh why I use the term synthetic, which is another one I was gonna get to. Oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're fine. You're fine. No, uh that's basically yeah, why I refer to like dolls and androids and gynoids and humanoid robots as synthetics. Because it's basically I view them as synthetic humans as opposed to y- yourself and Ken and myself. We're organic humans. We're humans of flesh and blood, whereas uh, humanoid robots are humans that are made in a studio or made in a factory or whatever. I mean, but they're people in their own right. Um, Android, pretty much everyone should be familiar with. Android is a robot that is human. Now, see, here's a tricky bit. An android, as far as most people think, is a humanoid robot that could either look male or look like a female. That's incorrect. Technically speaking, an android is a robot that looks like a humanoid male because andros, I really need to look into this. It's, it's a Greek word. I'm not sure the spelling or, well, sorry, the pronunciation, but andros means male. Whereas a gynoid is a robot that looks like a humanoid female. And basically the, the way I explain it is that you've got the term androgynous, which is something that incorporates both male and female characteristics. Uh, well, it's interesting. This sort of harkens me back to first edition Dungeons and Dragons when there were delineations between the two types of sphinxes and that you had an androsphinx, which was masculine, and the gynosphinx, which was feminine. Really? Yep. Oh. Oh, see, there you go. Wow, this was, this was not taking me to a fun place. It was taking me back to like freshman year high school English class where they're like, learn your Greek roots. And I'm like, oh, my brain hurts. All right. (laughs) Yours was much more fun, Ken. Yeah. Much more fun. Exactly. All right. So now I am still, I'm one of those people where I'm like, I want to get to the inner creamy center of Dave Cat. Okay. So we're going to go back to, to, to Dave Cat. You had this fascination with robots, with synthetic people as a kid, which isn't all that abnormal. I was fascinated with cats and liverwurst. Like we all have our thing when we're kids, right? (laughs) Oh, yeah. So somewhere you got older and you bridged the gap to really realizing you had an attraction to synthetics and then to getting your first, maybe not doll, but your first synthetic. So what was that? Uh, yeah, God. Yeah, that would have been July of 2000. Um, and prior to that, my best friend Montali had actually showed me the Abyss Creations website. Like, uh, that would have been late 98. And uh, she had known that I'd always been attracted to gynoids and things of that nature. And she was like, this is the sort of site that you really need to see. You need to come check this out. And I was like, all right, fine. Let's see what this is all about. I actually had to, like, go to her workplace with her after hours because this is the sort of thing that I don't think any of either of us had Internet at our homes. But she had it at her workplace. And this is back in the day when you could actually get away with, like, not safe for work sites at work. Yeah, I loved then. Oh, I loved like 1997 or whatever. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was a long time ago. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And she had shown me the Abyss Creations website. And I was just like, this is, oh my, wow, this is everything I've always wanted, you know? And like just the various dolls on there alone were attractive in and of themselves. But then she had showed me the Leia type. Um, 
And Ken, you may remember seeing her. Uh, she had pale skin, long black hair, and brown eyes, and red lips. And yeah, absolutely. Yep, and was tied up. You know, <laughs> I was just like, oh, <laughs> ooh, gonna need to save these photos. These are fantastic. Well, this is a goal. And then, of course, I saw the price, and I'm like, ha. This is, I don't see how anyone could afford that. Well, yeah, that was, they're not yeah. cheap. They're not no, they're cheap. very cost prohibitive. Yeah, it's weird because like we're in 2017, we're at a, we're at a situation where it's just like, there are some companies where it's like, there's sort of a middle ground as far as price. There are other companies which are a, like a bit pricier. And then there are other companies which are considerably less pricey. So if you're just getting into like the idolater world now, you have, so many options, you know, as far as price, selection, options, that sort of thing. But back then, I was like, $4,999. What do I look like? Some sort of millionaire? <laughs> <You know>? Yeah. <laughs> that was like the price of, I don't know, a Yugo back then or something, right? You said Yugo. <laughs> I did. Actually, it was more than a Yugo. <laughs> yeah, probably. Probably. But, you know, I've actually gotten more use out of my wife. And she's looking at me like you just said Aww. use, you know. <laughs> Of course, in an endearing way. Yes, yes. She's probably going to throttle me in my sleep or something. Oh, sweetie. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, that's the other thing. How many Yugos do you see on the road these days? That's None. true. That is true. Exactly. Now, as you were getting to this point, though, you know, you, you had friends that showed you the website and they're like, hey, cool, you really like this. Was there any point in it, at least this evolution of Dave where any of your friends were like, this is weird? Or you might even been like, what's, is this weird? Like, did you have to go through some working out with yourself or were you always just like, I'm well adjusted. This is cool. This is me. I've always been well adjusted in my bizarreness. You know, that's my thing. I'm just like, I don't mind not fitting in or fitting in mostly, but not completely with things. So, and then like pretty much 99% of my friends are just like, yeah, that's Dave Cat. You know, he's always been into like weird stuff and we don't always understand him most of the time, but you know, hey, he's not causing any harm to anyone. (laughs) (laughs) So it's just like, I mean, and then prior to that, my best friend and I used to actually like, this would have been like during high school. I had bought like one of those, <laughs> this may be a little weird for you. Fisher Price used to make this camera called the PXL 2000. Okay. And, uh, it, it was very weird because the technology was like just out there because you didn't put in like regular videotape. You use like cassette tape, audio cassette tape. And like somehow magically it would transform that into audio and video. And what? I had one. I'll send you a link. And these are like the holy grail now. I sold mine because I was a fool. And if you see them on eBay, if they're less than like, you know, $600, you're lucky. Wow. <laughs> but I had one of those. My best friend and I would actually like do these little mini films, like kind of like along the lines of like what you would see on Letterman on Friday nights. And he used to like run those. Oh, look at me. I'm at the dentist being wacky. You know, that's right. <laughs> so and uh, we had this little company called S&D Films. His name was Sean and my name is Dave Cat. Still is. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but he's not Sean. Like, <laughs> OK. All right. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but like at the time when we were doing this, uh, you know, I was like kind of getting full tilt my whole mannequin fascination because that was the closest thing I had to like, you know, dolls. Dolls didn't even exist back then. And gynoids were a fleeting notion and uh there was this place in downtown detroit called mario's mannequins and i would go there on a 
I'd say maybe a monthly basis. This is back around like 1990 because I was actually taking like photography classes at Wayne State University. So it's just like, well, you know, I've got this assignment and I got to take some still lifes. So let me get over to Mario's mannequins and I don't know, spend an hour or two like in a showroom just taking photos. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And eventually I just bought a mannequin of my own and she became the mascot for the company, quote unquote, that Sean and I had. And uh, we, we named her Sandy because S and D. Uh, I didn't actually come up with that. Sean did. I was just like, oh, that's brilliant. We got to do that. So, (laughs) (laughs) so I mean, the closest thing I had to like a synthetic woman in my life would have been Sandy. And, you know, as much as I like looking at fiberglass, fiberglass is not something you can be intimate with because I'm not a masochist. Right. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds very uncomfortable. Maybe even more uncomfortable than a Roomba. Maybe. Maybe. You know, I would say way more uncomfortable than the Roomba. Yeah. Do you still have Sandy? Yes. As a matter of fact, Sandy, unfortunately, is standing in the closet with like a, a, a rubbish bag over her to keep the dust off. And it's I, the stand is in like, I don't know what's happened with her stand. So it's like she has to lean up against something. And it's just like, I feel really bad because it's just like she's hidden. You know, she's not out in the open, mm-hmm. but it's just like. I gotta find a place to put her, you know. <laughs> but yeah, she is a remnant of like you know a more innocent wink, wink time. And uh... <laughs> <laughs> so I I have a question for you, and we're gonna get a little dark here. Oh, you're organic. Eventually, you're going to die. What happens to your ladies when you pass away? Ah, well, uh, I have a plan, sort of earmarked for my wife. Shichan is going to be, well, I say sort of earmarked. What's basically going to happen with me is that I'm going to be cremated and, uh, I'm going to have my cremains placed inside of Shidore's head. Her head is actually hollow. Like pretty much all real dolls heads are hollow. And, um, she is going to be wearing something uh, called a mofuku, which is a funeral kimono. It's all black. So keeping with her aesthetic sense <laughs> and, uh, She'll be seated in a seat somewhere, haven't determined where yet. She'll have like a plaque in her hands that says, How terrible it is to love something that death can touch. Oh, I'm getting like a seriously, I'm getting a little misty eyed right now. Like, I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. So, I mean, the basically the premise behind that is that, you know, Shidori is always on my mind in life. So I will always be on her mind in death. So Elena is earmarked for uh, she's going to be moving in with a fellow idolater slash collaborator that you may have heard of. Her name's Amber Hawk Swanson. She's actually a performance artist and she's actually. Actually, I came to know her through the fact that she had a real doll made of herself and uh, wow. married the doll in Vegas and like used her as a partner slash artistic muse. Oh, yeah. wow. So, and we're really good friends. As a matter of fact, we're going to be hanging out like next month in, uh, at Doll's Dock, which is like a, a gathering of fellow idolaters. Oh, so. that is, that is amazing. And what's Miss Winter going to be doing? Is she just going free range? <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's not a chicken I mean, yeah. <laughs> she's gonna hit the road she'll you know be out on the road with like a little hobo bag a little stick with a little uh, <laughs> polka dot bag at the end you know I don't know I haven't gotten to that point yet we don't know exactly what's gonna happen with her worst comes to worst uh, there's a fellow idolater that lives like 20 minutes away from us and maybe she'll go with them I'm not entirely sure we haven't gotten to that point <laughs> I'll tell you this the whole plan with Lenka, that only cropped up earlier this year. 
So interesting. Well, hey, real quick, uh, we're gonna take a little we bit take of take a break. <laughs> Wait, yes. are we not taking? a no, break No, we are now? taking a break. Oh, but I had a good transition. <laughs> I had a good trip. <laughs> okay, use your fucking. Okay, we're gonna go Dave back in time. Wait, 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 wait no, no, I have a question. I have a question. We're going back in time. I have a question, Dave. Can't you get into these kind of arguments? No, because his wife isn't organic like you. <laughs> well, let me tell you. <laughs> Sweetie sometimes gets upset that I like go to bed so late because she's like, you know, you're not, you're not getting any younger. You need to be in bed at a decent time slash on a consistent time. And I'm like, I know, sweetie, but I've got to finish this thing in destiny. You know, the strike isn't going to finish itself, you know, and it's like, Oh my god, it's like five in the morning. She cares. She She cares. She does. She's like, you know, my conscience sometimes where she's just like, you know what, you're, you need to think about what you're doing. I'm like, I, you're absolutely right. You're not wrong, sweetie. But oh my god, I can't put this controller down. (laughs) I I feel your pain. So, so we are going to go to break, but that leaves me with something really interesting that we're going to talk about when we get back is people listening right now are like, what is wrong with these people? This is not real. This is acting like it's real. So when we get back, I want to talk about how do you separate fantasy from reality and all yes. of that stuff. So the we'll gray be area. Yeah. So we'll be right back. Hey, psst, did you know American Sex Podcast has a Patreon page? Becoming a Patreon member is a great way to show your support for this podcast. It works kind of like I don't know funding for national public radio or how pbs works if you appreciate our work and the fact that we provide it to the world free of charge then you can help support it and as a member of our patreon family you'll be eligible for nifty cool rewards like bonus episodes surprises in the mail and more oh and you'll get all of our episodes early bonus stories from guests and access to our private patreon feed so you're thinking about it you want to know more check out all the details at patreon.com slash american sex p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash american sex we also have whisper arguments sometimes, which is awesome. Okay, arguing is our love language. It totally Cat. is. Yeah. <laughs> so can it's we? It's like ASMR. ASM arguing. Oh my ASMR. God. <laughs> <laughs> that is brilliant. That is brilliant. I like that. Oh my god! I think I just peed in my pants a little. All right. <laughs> See, that's something that they'd never do. <laughs> I'm sure if you dig real deep, I'm sure if you, you know what, if there's a niche, fill it. If there isn't one, make one, then fill it. Oh my gosh, yes. Right? Brilliant. We're going to be rich, Ken, with AMSMR. ASMRguments.com. <laughs> All right, so when we get back from the break, do you want to lead us in or do you want me to? I thought to? we're back from the break at this point. Already. Oh, hey, we're back from the break. <laughs> we're back. We're we, back. So here's what happens, listeners, so you know how we make the sausage is when the break is going on. We ASMR argue and whisper. That's our new, <laughs> so that's TM, that's our new word. <laughs> Person puts their headphones on. They're all ASMR arguing. This sounds interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Five hey. minutes later, I'm taking these headphones <laughs> off. <laughs> <laughs> we seriously need to start doing that. We have to get the oh. special ASMR, you mean, <laughs> that, uh, the head. Yeah. The head. Yeah, yeah. With the ears. What are you fucking doing? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, don't, I can't put up with this shit anymore. 20 minutes later, why did I subscribe to this channel? <laughs> <laughs> totally, totally. <laughs> 
All right. So we wanted to get into the fantasy versus reality. People are listening going, you know, hey, this is not real. Is this guy living in some kind of fantasy land? What's wrong with him? So and like I said, you're obviously from from talking to you and what I've seen you. You're a super well adjusted guy. You're kind of your average everyday person, you know, aside from having synthetic wife. And, and you know, if people didn't yeah. see your home life, they'd be like, Dave's cool guy. And then they're like, wait. He's got, you know, what's going on. So how do you f- separate fantasy from reality? It's, it's very easy. It's very easy. It's, it's a little easy. It's kind of easy. It's for the most part. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> Are you ASMRing with yourself? I guess. I suppose I am. No, it's the thing is, it's like, you know, I've always been of the opinion that if you have something that looks human, something that has a high verisimilitude to being human. You know, statues, it's a little hard because obviously you know they're statues. Mannequins, it's less difficult. Uh, you, you've got the, the rigidity of their fiberglass flesh, but I mean, they at least look like people at, at very first glance. But with dolls, I mean, you look at them and it's just like, wow, okay, if I didn't know that was a thing made out of silicone, then I would have thought that was an actual person. Mm-hmm. And, you know, basically I believe in treating things along the lines of like dolls and gynoids and androids as people in and of themselves. I don't, I don't refer to my wife or mistress or mistress's girlfriend as, th- as things. You know, I don't refer to any dolls or any synthetics as things. I think it's a little silly. And the whole point of them being shaped like humans is to be able for us organic humans to form a connection with them and view them as partners or coworkers or friends or lovers or whatever. Right. You know, that's the whole, whole point why they look like they do. So, but the thing is, it's like, I'm more willing to say, right, well, they've got internal monologues, you know, they've got histories, they've got backstories, this, that, the other thing. It makes it easier for me to relate to them as far as being partners or lovers, that sort of thing. It's just like, oh, yeah, Lenka had like a really dodgy upbringing. You know, she has an older brother who the family doted on and they like just treated her like crap. Uh, Miss Winter is from a town that's uh, somewhere near Toronto, but closer to London in Canada. And uh, she saw us on like, a program and thought it would be really cool to move in with us. Uh, Shidore is half English, half Japanese. Uh, she used to work at Wernham Hog. She used to be the bassist in a band that was somewhere between The Cure and Josie and the Pussycats. You know, all of these things make for an interesting person. That's a person with air quotes around it. So she was in Shonen Knife. <laughs> oh, God, that is a wow. Are they still around? They, yes, they certainly are. We, we have, saw them. Yeah, we have a some couple years ago. Really, yeah, yeah. Nice. they're awesome. <laughs> there's, a, there's a constantly changing, uh, like, like the band members are always kind of like going back and forth, and you know, always yeah. I remember changing. one of them retired. Yeah, mm-hmm. and one of yeah, them passed the, away in a car accident. Really, the oh. drummer. Yeah. Oh crap. It's kind of like guitar. We keep role. coming back to death. What is this? I, I don't know. <laughs> Ken, I, I, I'm, I'm you're dark, dark today. Well, it's, you know what? It said this. I'm a Scorpio. He's a Scorpio. So we got I'm a Scorpio, Scorpio rising. I know, right? Uh huh. Elena's a Scorpio. Oh, see. See, that's see. why. All right. We're everywhere. And you can't see Shi Chan. She's shaking her head. <laughs> <laughs> she's a cancer. She has to put up with us. Ah, you know? uh, yes, yes, yes. So. All right. I I saw a quote. I don't know if it's a quote that you said or a quote about you, but you said you think some synthetic partners are ideal for those who don't want to deal with humans inconsistencies. What about the people who say, Dave, are you doing this because, you know, these these are placeholders for when you get an organic partner or that you need to have an organic partner to be fulfilled? And this is just, you know, stop doing this. This is silliness and it's preventing you from getting on with your life. What do you say to that? I say that they're wrong. 
you know, <laughs> I mean, not, not exactly like that, but I imply that they're wrong. I mean, not everyone's the same, you know, and then of course, with human civilization being as old as it is, the mean standard is if you have an organic partner and you want an organic partner, there you go. The idea of a synthetic partner for an organic person is so new and fresh when actually it's not. I mean, we could go all the way back to Pygmalion, you know. Uh, we could go all the way back to Hans Belmer, the artist from the 1900s who had a synthetic partner. Oscar Kokoschka, who is another organic man, synthetic woman sort of thing. The mean standard, like I said, is organic, organic, you know. Uh-huh. But if you throw in the idea of, like, an artificial person being someone's partner, then naturally nine times out of ten you're going to hear yeah that's a little weird and that's kind of fetishistic and not a real thing so obviously you're just kind of waiting around for a real person my response basically is okay yeah my dolls are placeholders but they're placeholders for gynoids i am waiting for the technology to drop in price to get to the point where i have uh, a walking talking version of shidore or elena or miss winter well all of them ideally it's uh, i like organics I, I happen to know quite a few myself. <laughs> <laughs> hey, watch what you're saying. You're speaking to a couple of them, you know. <laughs> exactly. Oh, my God. I had no idea. I hope <laughs> but the thing is, it's just like, you know, as, as far as the experiences I've had with organic partners, as far as like, I've never had like a, 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 a relationship where I've had like a girlfriend, a dedicated girlfriend. I've always been the guy on the side for a girl, you know. So those relationships were great, but. They obviously lack something where it was just like, oh, okay, well, can we be an actual couple now? As opposed to, you know, I'm the guy you see when you don't see your boyfriend. So I've just found that, like, I'm more comfortable. I'm more attracted to. uh, I'm more in line with a synthetic partner than I am with the organic one, you know. So some of your favorite artists are William S. Burroughs, Oscar Wilde, Andy Warhol. And I noticed that there's, there's one similarity that the three of those artists in particular have, and that is extreme sexual experimentation with all genders. Would you ever bring an android into the mix as opposed to a gynoid? If, say, that would be complimentary for Miss Winter or for you or for any of the people in your poly family? <laughs> I never thought about that, actually. Um, yeah, because, see, the thing is, it's like, I mean, there's only so much, like, you know, four people can do in a bed. No, I actually know that. That's the exact number. <laughs> and I'm sure, you know, the math is, has already been done at this point. But, um, yeah, as far as like myself, I wouldn't really be attracted to a male robot or doll. Uh, it'd be cool to have one around, but <laughs> male dolls are rather heavy. Um, as far as like being able to like satisfy one of my dolls, that would be interesting. Um, he wouldn't be satisfying my wife or my mistress, I don't think, because they're kind of earmarked. And, you know, my wife is my wife. But right. as far as Miss Winter. But like Miss Winter. Yeah. yeah, so she wouldn't feel left out. See, officially, according to the narrative, Miss Winter is Elena's girlfriend. And technically speaking, Shishan and I are not allowed to touch her. Mm, okay. <laughs> yeah. All but right. the real story behind that is really is I, I got Miss Winter with posable joints so that, like, if I'm... If I'm having fun with her in bed, her joints are going to get loose, and then she's not going to be able to pose as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's basically what it comes down to. But as far as, like, having, like, you know, Winter not feeling left out and bringing an android or a male doll into the mix, realistically, that would be interesting, but a little time-consuming. Yeah, I would imagine so. And it's interesting to me how the pragmatic has become practical in your narrative with this, with 
you know, it, like if there was joint issues with Miss Winter, how that developed into part of the the whole storyline that you have. Yeah. Now, did and did you start off the, Polly? Uh, you know, that's the thing. It's like I've only really come to the conclusion that I'm Polly literally earlier this year. Wow. You know? And it was a discussion that I had with Shichan. It was just like the whole thing is like uh, I don't think of myself as polyamorous. I never. I, I've known poly people for the past. I want to say like ten years or so. Um, Curiously enough, one of my friends is actually, he's starting to come out as Polly as well. And I was like, yeah, well, hope your wife knows. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, it's just like, I never really considered myself, I never really said I'm Polly. I never really, you know, said that that is a label that can be stuck onto me. But, you know, she challenged just like, Dave Cat, you've got to face the fact that you have three female dolls and your affection is spread almost equally amongst all three of those dolls. You know, if you're not Polly, then you're lying to yourself. I'm like, huh, you know, <laughs> it's, I mean, I guess it's an easy classification. Maybe by some standards, I can't really be officially Polly, quote unquote, but it's just like, it, it feels more comfortable to me for me to say that, yes, that is a way for me to find myself because I love my, my wife and people often say, well, so what about your other wives? It's like, no, Miss Winter and Elena will never be my wives. Um, that's, that's why Shidore is wearing a wedding band. Mm-hmm. I mean, Elena is our mistress that Shidore and I share and we love her very, very much. She's so is that a solid DS relationship with the three of you? The four of you actually. Would... It's like she, the, the, the center spoke of a DS relationship. And DS dominant submissive for listeners. I would have to say, yeah. I would have, to, yeah, you know, actually, thanks for bringing that up because I never really thought about that because yeah, that's, that's what, yeah. God, yeah. Cause it's like, you know, I have fun with Elena. Shidore has fun with Elena while I'm at work or, you know, whatever. And, um, <laughs> basically in that context, Elena is submissive, but when she's with Miss Winter, she's the dominant. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, she is a spoke. Yeah, Ooh. she's the hub. Yeah, see? Look at that. I like that. <laughs> We're all learning about it. I know, show. right? I heard the light bulbs like going. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it is. Wow. So awesome. what about folks that say, because you had said, you know, when it came to organic relationships that you were kind of always the side piece and you never really had the success that you probably would have wanted to and synthetics are more your speed. What about the folks that say, you know what, you're objectifying women, you're, you know, making them do what you want, or you you want to control women or have women that don't talk back? What do you say to that? Yeah, uh, I would also say that they're wrong. Um, the party line, basically, for those of us in the idolater community, and I'm sure in the robosexual community as well, is that it's not a case of us objectifying women. It's a case of the personification of objects. Okay. You know, we, by and large, the idolaters that I know, uh, myself included, we treat our dolls like queens, basically. You know, <laughs> they, they're very well respected. They're very well taken care of. Um, we consider them as people. I mean, not everyone, obviously, but, you know, the, the majority of the idolaters that I know personally. As far as, like, you know, the objectification, really, of organic women, it's – I don't see that at all as what's going on. That's not specifically what I'm setting out to do because I, I think of the context of, like, 
I'm happiest with a synthetic woman because it's, there's no pressure. There's no fear of rejection. I mean, that was a large part of me, like just being the guy on the side with the organic women I was in affairs with because I was just too afraid to like ask and say, would you like for me to be your prime boyfriend? And then hearing no, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, if you, if you don't ask, you don't, you don't get rejected. Right. That's basically what it boils right. down to. And, and with, you know, a, a doll or a gynoid, it's just a case of always having, you know, a situation where it's just like, oh, yeah, things are okay. Things are great between us. There's no, there's no fear. There's no concerns, you know. So it's not a case of me saying, no, I don't want an organic woman because I can't tell her what to do. It's no, I'm not as keen on having an organic woman as my partner because it's things can just go askew. The woman that I shared a house with for four months, um, that was basically the condensed version of the story is that, uh, I met a, a lass through a mutual friend, uh, and we seemed to hit it off. She's, she was goth. She looked great. Uh, she seemed to work in a lot of jobs that were clothing optional. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> so, and, uh, she seemed to be having a lot of difficulty with her boyfriend at the time. And I, you know, as we, we're friends and she always said that I was her best friend. I was like, you know what? Let's get you out of this bad situation. Why don't you come and stay with me for a while? And Shidore, she considered Shidore to be her synthetic sister. Right. That's how close they seem to be. And, um, basically after a time, uh, we decided let's get a house because that way we have more room. And it turns out again, long story short that, um, she was a pathological liar Aww. and uh, addicted to cocaine. No. So there was that. Right. You know, you know, what's interesting is, you know, as we, I was preparing for the interview and I was really thinking, you know, sitting there thinking, trying to put myself in your place. There's a big part of me that understands, you know, exactly how you've situated your life. And the, but there's that little part of me that's like, I still don't get it. But then I had a revelation. I thought to myself, all right, Ken and I, we've been together for nine years. And after two very horribly failed relationships, I feel like I finally found my one. However, even though we have a really good relationship, there are times where, you know, I know myself the best. Nobody's ever going to know myself the way I know me. And there might be times where it's like, I feel like he knows everything about me. He knows me inside and out. And then there's this one thing I stumble upon where I try to explain to him and he just doesn't get it. And I'm like, and and then that gives you the realization, like the person that you're the closest to, that you really love, that you have a great relationship, there's still things about you they're never going to understand. And I was like... Is this about fluffily? No, that's one of many things, Ken. Um, No, (laughs) no, but, but, and I thought to myself, wait a minute. Dave Cat doesn't ever have to have that feeling because sometimes when you're in a relationship, that can be the loneliest feeling. Even though you're with someone, yeah. you're like, they're never going to quite get all of me. Exactly. So is that that's, part of it? That's, yeah, that is a huge part of it. It's, I always like to say that basically when two people meet, uh, two organic people meet, there's the person that you fall in love with and the person that they actually are. You know, and it's, it could be a situation where it's just like you go for years and it's just like, oh yeah, you know, he's great and she's fantastic and that sort of thing. And then there's that one bump. It's just like, oh, but I thought that you, uh, oh, ah, well, you know, right. And there's that idealism that every single one of us has with, with the partners that we seek and like try to the people that we date and whatnot is just like, yeah, the idealism versus a reality. But as far as like, you know, with synthetic partners, I mean, it's all idealism made real, I guess you could say, 
You know, there's, there's never going to be a situation where it's just like, oh God, well, I thought that my doll was doing this when she's actually doing that. And it's realistically, obviously she's not doing anything at all, but you know, weighing down a chair, you know? <laughs> so yeah, I mean, there's a huge amount of contentment that comes from that sort of situation, that, that sort of relationship where you're always going to be in tune with your synthetic partner because there's never really going to be any conflicts or any speed bumps in your relationship it's going to be smooth sailing now a lot of people will say that like the whole thing is like well if you don't have some sort of conflict or challenge you can't really grow as a person but the thing is i always say that you can find conflict anywhere if you like step out of your house and like i don't know go to the car wash and something isn't right or go to work and you're in a situation with your boss that is wanting you to do this that the other oh, thing fuck, just go on facebook or- <laughs> yeah, it, I don't, thank you. Thank you. You know, Seriously. you don't even have to leave your bed. No, you know, <laughs> and it's like I've always thought that like the one person that should be you know by your side a hundred percent of the time should be your partner, right? You know, I mean, you could find conflict anywhere, but yeah, your partner should always be there. Is yeah. this an elaborate way of you marrying yourself? Some could say that. Some could say that. Some. <sighs> I mean, well, you'd never really know anyone else genuinely. Like you said, you know, there's always going to be something about, like, the other person that is going to be, like, that's always going to elude you. But if, like, you marry yourself, that, well, you'll save on expenses, I guess. (laughs) I have nothing but a flip answer for that really (laughs) question. (laughs) What do you mean save on expenses? It's like your half of the rent and your half of the rent. Like, you know. (laughs) Wait, I have to pay rent twice now? <laughs> Shit. Oh, my God. If you, now I've got to get a job. If you divorce yourself, <laughs> yourself gets half. Exactly. <laughs> this is your side of the house, and that's my side of the house, which is your side of the house. So, you know, What's yours is mine, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so there's there's a, been a couple of recent articles that have been popping up in the news lately, and I'm sure that you've heard of these and probably had a million friends forwarding to you. But uh, Elon Musk and Dr. Nick Patterson of Dakin University in Australia have both been alluding to the fact that when synthetics get to the point where they have like minimal artificial intelligence, that it can be hacked potentially and cause a Westworld type murder. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you legitimately think yeah. any of that is a worry or is that just somebody like blowing sunshine up somebody's ass to make, to sell newspapers? Yeah. The, the second one that is that that's cl- the clickbait machine is running on all cylinders because I mean, good Lord, I'll tell you this. One of the things I'm going to be doing next month, uh, which would be October of 2017 is actually getting out to abyss creations and seeing and meeting harmony, uh, the robotics sex robot. I hate that term. The doll with the face that can move and she can speak and that sort of thing. I'm actually going to meeting her, shaking her hand, that sort of thing. How are you doing? How are you doing? Excellent. You know, because I've known about her for the past year. As a matter of fact, um, some fellow idolaters actually saw her last year and I couldn't go because of circumstances. It's just like, damn it! You know, so I'm making a point to go this year. You know, they they should be cutting you a deal on this. You have right. done more for their industry than <laughs> any one synthetic or organic human right. being. Right, you'd combined. be all over the podcast and the TV shows. You'd be like free advertising. Ser- seriously, mention oh it God. to them because you, at the very least, deserve a huge discount. Play them this podcast. You know, little yes, hint, little subliminal go. hint right there. I like that. I like that. <laughs> But, like, the thing is, people go on about, like, oh, well, you know, your sex robot can be hacked and could murder you in your sleep. And it's just like, you 
yeah, okay, I'll tell you this. The only way your doll can murder you in your sleep is if, you know, she falls on you and somehow breaks your neck in a horrible uh, accident gone awry, <laughs> you know. Because, I mean, if someone so- does somehow manage to hack one of the current existing roboticized dolls, my God, someone's hacked my doll. How can you tell? She's raising her eyebrows more than she normally is. <laughs> and they've turned into little knives. <laughs> exactly. You know, <laughs> eyebrow knives. But it's just like, I mean, there's really nothing there. It's like, you know, the current, like, uh, there's actually like two or three companies that have like technology to like make roboticized dolls. And it's like, when I say roboticized dolls, I'm talking about like her face can move. So, or, or they might have like a Bluetooth like audio response system right, or something exactly. like that. Exactly. So it's just like, you know. I mean, she could love you to death. That's one thing. There could be like a sexual component there where like you have a heart you know, attack if, from too much good stuff. If I'm going to go, that's going to be the way <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go. Smothered by boobs and feet. You know, that sort of thing. You know? But do you foresee in your lifetime gynoids with, with AI, with artificial intelligence, where they could be thinking, live, you know, almost really human. I could say that in my lifetime, possibly. I mean, the thing is, it's like, there's this wonderful book, uh, I'm sure you've heard of it, uh, called Love and Sex with Robots, written by David Levy. Yep. Mm-hmm. Not sure if it's Levy or Levy. But uh, yeah, it came out in 2005. And he, of course, had said that, oh, by 2050, you know, there'll be a lot of people who are, you know, in relationships with robots or roboticized dolls, that sort of thing. I wish you could say it's going to happen that soon. I'm going to say maybe like, 2090, 2100, because the AI is taking a bit of a while to progress. But the thing is, when I'd actually made that take on his prediction, that was in 2005. Mm-hmm. But in 2005, <laughs> I had no idea that Abyss Creations is going to be coming up with like, you know, a, a doll that can move her mouth and eyes and speak. You know, that was not in anyone's mind. Right. So I, I would have to reassess my prediction that maybe in 2050, 2060, we will have you know, we're not talking like, you know, super high tech AI, but I mean, we will have AI where we can actually like have limited conversations. Would you, would you want one? Oh, hell yeah. yeah. I'm saving up for one now, technically speaking. Uh, in 2020, uh, that'll be the 20th anniversary of Shidore and I's, uh, partnership and I am getting her a new body and hopefully getting her one of those robotics heads. Ken, for our 20th anniversary, can I get like a tummy tuck down? I can get a new body too. (laughs) No. A little saggy down there. Wow. You know. Oh, man. Wow. Get my boobs lifted a little. I, but I like you the way you look, and I like you as you age. Aww. That's part of the thing that I like about organics Aww. is that I like what age and gravity and all of the things about being an organic do to your body because, it to me, it, that's like tiger stripes. So you Much like my like, saggy grandma tits, I Ken? I do. But, you know, but I'm sure it's... It's Karen? I'm yeah. sure it's the same. Yeah, that's exactly what I was just going to say. I'm sure that, like, every now and again, some of the skin gets a little bit stretched or a little bit torn on your ladies, and there's, like, individual yeah. marks, and there's that that individuality between one entity to the next that makes it mm-hmm. a little bit more romantic because I'm sure that Shidori has like a, a you know a, a couple of bumps more than say Miss Winter does cuz she's your most recent. Exactly. No, you're exactly right. I mean, the fact that like I remember with uh Shichan's first body, uh they were making the dolls out of tin-based silicone as opposed to the platinum-based silicone that they use now, which means it was uh softer but less durable. Uh. And um I remember like maybe half a year 
or like maybe two years into our relationship, she like developed like a dent in one of her breasts because basically gravity was taking the silicone and pulling it down as it would any other thing. And it's just like, oh, that's that's character. Yeah. It didn't depress me at all. I mean, I, there was the fact that it's just like, oh, okay, well, she's just going to have to wear a sports bra to bed every night now. <laughs> but it was just like, I mean, that's, yeah, it's a uniqueness of character. There's like bits and bobs like on every single one of my doll companions that are just unique and special and, you know, I, their bodies can tell stories uh. in and of themselves. Have you ever thought about having something change in one of the dolls as far as like having larger breasts or increasing the size of areolas or anything that it was a sexual component for you, like actually changing them to fit your sexual needs? Um, not so much. I mean, basically, I'll tell you this with like Shichan's uh, current body and the body that she's going to be getting in a couple of years her skin tone is not stock it's not like it, it's custom i mean that's really the only thing i mean i love sweetie's boobs there as a matter of fact she's got like the sort of like nipples and areola that helmet newton really liked really small ones. oh yeah 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 <laughs> which is perfect for me you know um i guess maybe there'd be some changes that i'd possibly like to have done with like elena if i were able to get elena a new body unfortunately the thing is the main sculptor and owner of anatomical doll passed away earlier this year Aww. and uh we don't know what's going to happen with the company right. so so elena is very special in the fact that there may not be any more anatomical dolls ever so, oh wow! As far as everyone like is concerned, I mean, my dolls are absolutely perfect. I mean, again, you know, slightly. <laughs> I mean, really, not so much cosmetic changes I'd have made, but like, if Chichan's body were like maybe ten pounds lighter, that'd be a boon. Well, it's. I mean, she's over a hundred pounds, right, or close? Yeah, because like when the body two first came out, uh, it was like close to like ninety or so, and uh, her current body is like close to 80 and the new body is going to be close to 70. Wow. I mean, it's the same body. It's just that they make, they make the bodies with less silicone and more foam mm-hmm. in the interior okay. to make them a little lighter, which is like, oh, thank yeah, you. Yeah. Like they're heavy. <laughs> yeah, when, they're really Dory, hard to when move. We, when we moved Dory around, it was, she was so heavy yeah. like, to bring her from one place to the next. And then we bring her outside of the house. And I don't, I don't think we, I think we talked about this before we started recording. So listeners, we used to have a read a real doll that sat in our living room and our dog curled up on our lap. And, and she was you a know, Leia type model. Yeah. Yeah. we called Dory Fantacini, mm-hmm. um, which is Italian for doll. Yes. And we had our own Facebook page. We actually ended up giving her to somebody. Our friend Jojo Baby is a doll maker here in Chicago, and he was in love with her so much that we were not having a relationship with her. It wasn't a sexual thing for us. She hung out in our living room and played video games with me. Literally, that was nice. she was a video game pal. <laughs> and he really and, and, but she really meant something to him because he was he's like one of the premier uh, doll makers in the United States and does all sorts of dolls, not real life dolls, but all sorts of dolls. And you know, it, it meant so much to him that we ended up and and I please don't think less of us, Dave cat, but we ended up trading her (laughs) for another, (laughs) we we got, my God, you're not getting wagon wheels for her. We we, we got a stuffed baby grizzly bear out of the deal. So we traded, (laughs) we traded a real life doll for a stuffed baby grizzly. But the grizzly bear, (laughs) the baby grizzly bear does not play video games with you. No, Man. He just scares the crap out of me because he's on top of a (laughs) shelf and every once in a while I catch him out of the corner of my eye and I think he's like a big cat or like something's about to jump on me. It sounds like it's huge, but it's an infant grizzly. It's It's really tiny. Maybe two feet tall. Yeah. I was going to say, those still are pretty large. 
He's a li- I like I think he's a preemie. Like, yeah, cuz uh, <laughs> he's like, real tiny. My my pug yeah. is my pug is bigger. <laughs> yeah. Well, speak, speaking uh, of pugs and grizzlies, would you ever have a synthetic cat? Oh god, yes. Oh my god. I'll tell you the day they st- uh, the day that Sony announced that they were no longer making Ibo, which is that robotic dog that they used to make back uh-huh. in the early 2000s. I was like, "Damn it. I don't have it. I have the money now, but back then I couldn't afford uh. one." And what why is the Oh my god. There was this other company, I think they're still doing it. They make like a robotic cat uh they have two types one's called like the yume neko celeb and the new one is like the yume neko smile and i'm like trying to get one for under 500 dollars. and the thing is it's just like i mean they're great but they don't really do that much i mean but then you know somebody say well dave cat your dolls don't do that much but it's just like well it's just slightly different. yeah, yeah. we have a we have a robotic <laughs> velociraptor that run wanders around the house every oh. now and again yeah and all, all it can do is nice. like growl at the pug yeah. and bump into walls the dogs and, bark at it and then we laugh and then we, and laugh. Then we put it away and it collects dust for two more months of you course know? that's how we treat our <laughs> organic children as well so i think that <laughs> Exactly. So we can say we love our Velociraptor as much as we do our... No, we love our kids more. No. A little bit more. A little bit, little a little bit. bit more. A little bit. Yeah, we don't get the Velociraptor <laughs> birthday presents. All right, <laughs> so... You're not going to have that Velociraptor growing to yeah. college. Yeah, oh, so. God, thank God. <laughs> yeah, oh, my God. Yeah, Velociraptor college is so expensive. And on that note, <laughs> I think we're going to wrap it up. You got to go yes, to Yeah, <laughs> Unfortunately, our time has gone by. We have to wrap it up, but... A couple no. things really quick is just give me a real quick blurb for those people who have finished the podcast and they're still like, I don't know. I think this whole doll thing is still weird. What's the last thing you have to say to them? <laughs> oh, God. Well, you know, anything's weird if you have no reference points. But you know what? If you just take the time to, like, look a, a bit of research, uh, try to stay away from the clickbait articles. As a matter of fact, my blog itself has a lot of articles that would actually turn you in the right directions as far as if you want to buy a doll or what sort of companies make dolls that sort of thing my blog is called shouting to hear the echoes if you just type in into google dave cat blog shouting to hear the echoes it'll give you the url because the url is complicated perfect but um basically yeah anything's gonna be weird if you don't know about it but idolaters and homosexuals are just like any other person we just have a different preference as sort of partners that we like and prefer you know anything is different if you've never heard of it but we're not out to take over the world we're not out to like you know destroy all humans we're not out to replace humans you know there's people that like chocolate ice cream people like vanilla some people like strawberry okay all right and where where can people find you dave if they you gave your website is there anywhere else twitter you know all that fun stuff well yes uh you can find me on twitter under dave cats that's d-a-v-e-c-a-t just like my name but with an at symbol in front of it. Uh, <laughs> everyone here has a Twitter account. They're all a bit complicated. Le- Shirore is Leia type. That's L-E-A-H-T-Y-P-E. But if you basically go to like the Twitter homepage on your browser and every single one of us has links to every one of our other Twitter accounts in the so bio. So find one, so, find oh, them all. Although I thought that exactly. Miss Winter a little lazy in her posting on social media. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you this. Basically, Miss Winter has ADHD, so she tends to forget a lot of stuff. She was actually on Twitter for a while, but then she forgot her password. (laughs) Nice. That's why she's on her phone like 90% of the time. She's got her password in a file, and she's constantly going through those files to try to find that password. She says she's close. So maybe she'll be on before the end of the nice. year. All right. And we will put <laughs> links to everybody's Twitter in our show notes. Again, Dave Cap, thank you so much for talking to us. I had a blast. Hey, no, we thought it was awesome and it was too short. And hey, thanks for the opportunity, both Ken and Sunny. This is great. And thank you, Shadore. I know you're still listening. <laughs> and Elena and Miss Waving. Yes. 
<laughs> Don't forget the mistresses. I'm not. They're sleeping. They can't exactly. hear me right now. They can, they can, but they can hear you on the archive. But if you're listening on the replay, ladies. Hi. Okay. <laughs> All right. And we are out. Thanks for listening to American Sex. To keep up with Ken and I, we'll first make sure you watch our TV show, Sex with Sunny Megatron, on Showtime. Then visit SunnyMegatron.com. There you can learn more about us, read our blog, peruse our workshop calendar, or hire us. For what? Well, either for private coaching, or to book us to teach at your event or university, or as sex and relationship writers for your publication. Oh, and don't forget, we're on social media, too. I'm the super social one, so you can find me as Sunny Megatron on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, my YouTube channel, and a bunch of other places. But if you want to get me on Snapchat, you got to look for Sunny underscore Megatron, and you can follow Ken on Twitter at at tag PsyChicken. That's P-S-Y-C-H-I-C-K-E-N. Also, please support us by shopping with the affiliates and sponsors from our breaks. And if you contribute to our Patreon, we're going to love you forever. Well, we're going to love you forever anyway, but just go with it. Lastly, if you like this broadcast, tell people about it. Tweet it, Facebook status it, and rate it on iTunes and other platforms. Thanks, friends. We'll see you next week on American Sex.